Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Name Drop San Diego. I'm Christy Totten. Name Drop is a podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune that's all about the amazing people who live in the San Diego region. My guests today are Jim and Carmen Babo. They are longtime San Diegans who have led really interesting lives. Jim and Carmen have run a magic show, they've owned a bookstore, they've even worked in healthcare and finance. And now that they're retired, they are van lifers. They've been doing it since 2016, and they chronicle their adventures at livinginbeauty.net. I'll let them tell you more about their life story. Here's our interview. Okay, well, Jim and Carmen from Living in Beauty, thank you so much for joining me on Name Drop. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Where are you today? We are actually in our hometown of San Diego. Uh, we have a, a son here and our doctors and our dentists. So uh, we both come back here at least once a year to do those things that we just mentioned. Awesome. Uh, hang That's... out with our son and take care of our We have a, a lot of friends. We go way back. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I love it. We're at the brand new resort that just opened a few months ago in Chula Vista. I know you're both um, longtime San Diegans. I, I read that you met in high school here in the 1970s. You lived in Coronado, um, and then you've been on this journey for a few years. But can we just sort of go back, and you can tell me um, what inspired you to sell all of your belongings and hit the road like this? Gosh, you know, we were always campers, always. Um, you tent, know, we tent campers. Tent campers. Uh, I mean, before we were married, we were getting into your VW van and driving to Yuma, <laughs> you know, um, to camp out there, <clears throat> to camp out there. I grew up as a camper. I grew up in Europe. And even then my parents camped all through Europe. We camped through Europe. We camped on the edge of Lake Como when I was a kid. But we so. did realize that the older we we're getting, the harder it is to sleep on dirt. Yeah. Which is what we always did inside the tent. And so <sighs> we rented a motor home and like 2013 or 14, just to see what it was like. Uh, it was okay. Uh, didn't really carry, care for a motorhome, but um, then our, our moms died yeah. and uh, we were taking care of them for a long time. And so we just kind of looked at each other and going, well, what's next? Well, our moms too, they were both, you know, from the depression, you know, mothers from the deep south and they were they had a lot of stuff let me just put it that way they yeah. had a lot of stuff. stuff we didn't want to leave and, our stuff to the next generation and that gave us cleaning out their their life everything that they had over their life and trying to find places for this stuff it just really impressed us that we we were probably going in the wrong direction that way too and that we needed to uh, pull back. Um, I mean, we were, I mean, our, our life, we were self-employed for years. We ran uh, uh, businesses. We worked at a magic show. We built our own magic, uh, everything. We had power tools. We had, you know, decades, stuff. decades of stuff. Of stuff you stuff. know, our son was sick for a while. We had to homeschool him for a few years. We had stuff. And so, so uh, the lesson of getting rid of our parents stuff yes. made us focus on our own. And so we started in 2014 getting yeah. rid of stuff. 
and we started reading about lifestyles where people live with less Min and minimalist when type. we came up with the airstream lifestyle we went well that sounds like we could we could do that because we used to tour the magic show everything was concise very tiny you know we we were really good at making a big stage show out of very little uh stuff and it took us like 30 minutes to set it up and take it down and you know we were doing all the san diego county schools it was pretty uh you know that was pretty awesome we thought oh we're awesome we can do that you know so we decided we could do this you know with um an airstream and very little because airstreams have very little storage right so we own very little uh, there's nothing in storage in any place in a, in a building so if we don't have it in the trailer with very little storage in the trailer or the back of the truck which is just a truck we don't own it um, so there's very little possessions so we focus mainly on experiences as opposed to owning things and buying things it's doing things seeing things um eating and tasting things <laughs> <laughs> i love that we've probably been to 500 breweries um around the country we, we like to we like to find the most little out of the way breweries those are our favorites well you meet you know, the locals there breweries. uh which is a, a great way yes. to find out what what Absolutely. what is happening in, in this community that yeah. most three-day or one-week vacationers don't experience um and the the over a beer in a local brewery yeah, in a small little out. town you find these things out so that's why we like to do that. Well, I want to, of course, talk about your travels, but I feel like we can't just glaze over uh, the magic show. I mean, that is so incredible. That's not a life story that a lot of people have. Will you tell me how you got into it and what it became? Well, it started in 11th grade when I was uh, in a speech class and we had to do an expository class. Uh, something Sweetwater in, High School. Sweetwater High School in National yeah. City. I had to do an expository uh, speech and I was playing um, professional table tennis back then uh actually with the team that went mm -hmm. to china under uh, nixon uh i wasn't good enough to go by any stretch but i played with them and one of the guys there was a magician he said i'd loan you some magic for this expository speech and i did it i won first place and um by uh the end of 12th grade i was performing um all over san diego uh and then uh in college um I was working seven nights a week at Love's Restaurants in San Diego, performed at over 500 uh, assemblies a year at 200 and some elementary schools. Um, my wife was Ferris to the Fair in 1974 at the Del Mar Fair. San Diego. Uh, and uh, Miss National City and Ferris to the Fair <laughs> wow. in San Diego County. And so when we got married, she joined the show. And so uh, we were a, a duo uh, in the mid 70s um and uh we did large stage illusions i did close-up magic and uh it was the uh profession that we were in in 1975 that a bank loaned a 18 year old and a 20 year old <laughs> a 30-year loan on a house basing it on being a magician <laughs> Just that unheard. is amazing that is amazing There's a lot of history in that magic thing i mean there was jack white was was the president of the international brotherhood of magicians wonderful guy uh, channel, channel 10 newscaster channel, back then yeah he was very uh popular newscaster back then and he um was 
always encouraging young people to um, join, you know, to the magic club, just to learn how to speak before an audience and, yeah. you know, uh, have fun and, and to enjoy the audience participation thing. And so <clears throat> he has a museum. I guess I don't know if it's still open in San Diego, um, the, the San Diego Museum of Magic, yes, right. So in North that, Park, in North Park, it's and then Chuck Martinez, who we're going to see next week for coffee. He was he's now a producer and he had the, on the he had the biggest magic shop in San Diego all yeah. back in the 70s. It's a lot of history. <laughs> yeah, it was way back. Amazing. Well, I read on your um, website, you know, more of your story, Jim, you were into slot cars, you were a magician, you both owned a bookstore together, then you got into theater, then you got into healthcare and finance. I mean, like you've just had this incredible life story. I mean, did you set out to make it that way? Or do you feel like these things just came your way? Boy, that's a very interesting question. Um, I went to college at SDSU to be in uh, telecom. That was my major, telecommunication. I wanted to... Um, be a, a dj and uh a disc jockey or a, 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 a personality the, 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 the step up from a dj was a radio personality um <laughs> but i was talking to um fred lewis who was was a radio personality in the 70s and i says this is what i want to do and he says do you know how little we make and i go no no you guys make lots of money he goes uh no radio <laughs> So I, uh, I stopped and halfway through my degree, I, I switched to industrial technology, which is kind of like um, woodshop, wood shop, uh, <laughs> photography, uh, graphic arts, uh, uh, mechanical drawing, all of this stuff. And we utilize that then uh, in the magic. And so I and uh, and, and just learning all the kinds of things that a, um, uh, an entrepreneur would need nothing about uh, finances, which is what I finally wound up in, but I just had a, a knack for numbers. Um, so it kind of just fell into place. Why did we go from magic to a bookstore? Well, in July, June of 1978, California passed Prop 13. And Prop 13 was the, uh, the Jarvis Gann initiative to change the structure of property taxes. I had 100 elementary schools booked for magic that summer. And the schools <laughs> that's how we made our money to make the new show and the elementary uh, all the schools got mad at the potential of what prop 13 could do for their income and they canceled the school uh, summer school and they says parents you just take care of your own children they canceled it in the summer of 78 we lost all that money and i was only 19 and i said uh forget this I'm, I, I quit <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I had 100 shows canceled. I quit. And um, we bought a bookstore we, uh, four days later from a friend. And uh, that's how we been, jumped into that. But we still did shows for uh, well, I had to do it for two years. I had bookings for two years. I, I, we quit promoting it uh, and building a new show every summer. Because um, my shows were uh, at elementary schools were uh, that Carmen and I did were educational magic shows. We taught music theory. We taught um american history we, we talk ethnic diversity which is fascinating that we taught that in, 70, Way back then. in 76 yeah. Yeah. um uh it was called my multicultural show uh so uh, every summer i built a new one and since they canceled my summer school i didn't have a new show for uh the fall of 78 so we moved a different direction so 
no, no, it just all fell into place. And then and um, you got into theater, right? Uh, in, so in the eighties. So I got into theater in the eighties. I went back to state and took some classes and decided to do some of that. And then, and then I volunteered for the board at Lambs Players Theater. Then he volunteered for the board at Lambs, and then he built um, the. Well, then they wanted new, me to do their uh, their book, bookkeeping for them, and that led to becoming their CFO. So that became uh, uh, something I liked. So we sold the bookstore, forty-five year old um, uh, company out of Nashville, and started running a theater, uh, the administrative side of a theater, and then moved it to Coronado in '94. Uh, and then I just uh, wanted to move on to something else. And uh, the uh, by then I was a CFO and the medical society with doctors in San Diego needed a CFO, and so I moved over to that. There's no logic to any of that. It's just that, well, the, the, the job he got in health was sort of because they um, were hoping to get someone who was not attached to the pharmaceutical industry or um, they needed, they, they actually liked that you wanted know, fresh eyes. That right? He didn't have contact with those industries because the doctors were looking to have a, um, present a, a a different face to the society at that time they wanted to get you know out of the just separate themselves from that anyway and so that's yeah. how you got in there yep they wanted him because he didn't know anything <laughs> oh, <laughs> that. but i mean yeah i mean it's, it just seems like you've had such a wonderful and varied <clears throat> life and you're, you're both very good at you know living life to its fullest you know doing uh what suits you in the moment and sort of being comfortable you know flying by the seat of your pants or just doing doing whatever lands in your lap that makes sense to you and it's been lucky that we can do it together so um we that, have been very fortunate very with fortunate. health up to this point and you know we have our health problems but they're nothing that keeps us down and well, think, think about that we live in a 180 square feet home. Uh, that is it. I mean, it's eight feet wide and 30 feet long, and that's our entire home. Now, we don't live in it much because we're outside. Um, we try and find places all the time where we can be outside. We try and, uh, ch we try and chase. Um, I should have turned off my cell phones. We're, we're inside very seldom. I mean, it's this is where we sleep and you know um we store all of our stuff in here <laughs> and you know we like to dabble with it and decorate it that kind of thing an airstream is fun to decorate because unlike a house you know it's it's not very big so it's it's done in a very short period of time. yeah also cleaning right you save a lot of time on cleaning that sounds appealing to well, me yeah that's it is true <laughs> takes us 15 minutes to clean this place top to bottom and so there's all of this time that we have now that we didn't have before and really you know one of the kind of weird fact about why we live this way is we're DIYers and we hurt ourselves <laughs> when we work on when we worked on our house i mean we really did we thrashed ourselves and we were because we're, we're just we want things done a certain way and we don't mind hiring and we did hire some wonderful people to help us but we usually get an idea and we just go buy the stuff and we get in there and do it well the number one way that people our age uh end up in having a a, a major health crisis is hurting themselves while they're fixing up their house you know 
falling off a ladder. So the day we sold our house, I was actually just so thrilled to walk away from it because I knew it was going to be the death of <laughs> an investment in your health. Okay. I have a quick lightning round for you. Just some random questions to get to know you better. The idea is just to make it quick, but my first one is, I mean, because you owned a bookstore, what are each of your favorite books? Well, mine is called Bid Time Return. Yeah, he's a uh, sci-fi guy. Sci-fi uh, time travel. Uh, they made an amazing movie about it called Somewhere in Time with Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeves. Um, so Bid Time Return is uh, my favorite. What's yours? Oh my gosh, that's just, this is that's really hard. You read too um, much. Don, <laughs> I mean, uh, gosh, I liked, I, I used to live in Italy, right on the Lago di Averno, where the um, the she was she was uh, one of the Sibyls who used to live there. On um, she was one of the last of the great oracles, and uh, this is the area where you know supposedly Dante wrote the Inferno about and I have always been sort of a classic literature person you know um I love to read the Greeks I love to read Dante I like uh the poets you know the classic poets I'm just I'm kind of a kind of a nerd that way I like it all though I wish I could read a novel like he does I'm not a novel reader I I would like to write one someday but I need to read a few before I write one. <laughs> no, I love it. The classics. I mean, they're a classic for a reason, right? Um, what is your favorite road trip music? Well, you want to tell her what? Or we what do you listen to? Okay. Well, we're we're not country western fans, but but we take our hats off to Willie Nelson on on the road again. Um, we, every time we leave a location, pulling the trailer, we play <laughs> Willie. If we forget, we will pull off the if, side of the road. If we forget, it's a bad omen. So we pull off and it's, get it on the iPhone and we play that. So Willie uh, has magic <laughs> and we use the Willie magic and we we swear by it. There's a few other songs that we use, but that's our major one that we do every single time. Um, Early and, on, a couple of weird things happen and we realized we forgot to play Willie. We forgot to play Willie, yeah. And so <laughs> we don't forget anymore yeah it's a beautiful song because it just talks about being together with your friends and going places you might never go again it just fits our lifestyle and that's perfectly. kind of what we do is we don't really go a lot of people who live the way we do and there's a lot of ways to do this uh the most common way is that they usually travel between two or three places that they they go all the time and um that might be because why one of the most common questions people ask us is what's your favorite place? Because most people are, that's how they plan their, their lives. That's how they live their retirement, going between three or four different locations, sometimes just two different locations and staying for a long period of time. For us, we only go places where we've never been. Hmm. Um, we just want to see things right now. It's about, it's about travel. And we might eventually slow down and, and do that one two three or four places maybe, maybe. but in, until we've seen what we want <clears throat> what we want to see our bucket list is way too big for that it's, right now it's still too big yeah. we've still got at least three years of bucket list yeah. stuff at least three more years to, to, to get yeah. our bucket list done awesome yeah. 
<laughs> what have been, um, you know, some memorable moments in, in nature for you on your travels? I would say kayaking um, the Tetons was uh, a life-changing experience for me. Um, you feel like you're floating. It's, it, it, I it, mean, when, in when, the air. When you're in those, in the Tetons, in the lake, and you're just surrounded 300, well, not quite 300, but pretty well surrounded by uh, these majestic mountains. It's, uh, well, you uh, have it's an amazing experience. Huge mountains, and then you're on the water, and you can see down almost. It feels like as far as the mountains because the water's so clear. So you just feel like you're floating on the air. That was beautiful. Wow. Yes. For me, it was driving through fire. <laughs> wow, where was that? That's me. It was our second time we took the trailer out. <clears throat> it was an S. Uh, oh my gosh, you're talking about 2015. Yeah, we drove oh. through fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a mistake. We were we were going uh, <laughs> we up three uh, fifteen. We were following our GPS. We're following the GPS to a campground in Oceanside. This yeah. is way before we went traveling. Yeah, uh, and we uh, took a, a road that was uh, on fire. And the police, uh, the firemen said, you must turn around. And there was no room. And we go, how would you do that? Well, this is a, a, a two lane road. And they, and they, so we sat there for hours while they cleared the fire and pulled us through. But you found that interest. That's, an, that's interesting. You wouldn't remember that. <laughs> well, you don't uh, drive through fire all. No, you don't. That's, that's true. <laughs> I love it. What an incredible memory. Um, okay. What do you have a motto or just words you live by? Well, well what you used to always tell your mother every day every day is a gift oh well true it, every day is a gift um i was gonna uh, yeah i was gonna say you know where, wherever you go there you are and that's true that's another you know, one wherever that, you go there you are people want to you know escape <laughs> their problems well yeah <laughs> you're, you're gonna show up and you're gonna still be with you, you and you're you know so we, we we've just discovered that these amazing places that we go we're, we're the same people but we are we're discovering that the joy of life in your memory is not remembering the last thing you owned the the the, the latest iphone that we had it was the last experience that we had walking through the shenandoah mountains of virginia a couple of months ago yeah. was was life-changing the the views the the, the beauty um you know, and we, we talk about that. We think about that a lot. Uh, you know, so one of our philosophies is we don't buy stuff anymore. We focus entirely on experiences. experiences. Uh, you know, if you think back in your childhood, you, you don't necessarily remember things that you own. But you remember that camping trip with your parents or that vacation or, you know, th those things. So uh, um, I guess that's that answers that question. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's to us you know i don't know everybody has their different reasons what they think their old age is going to be you know you can visualize that and things might happen in life and that's not what you end up doing so why plan the big house on the golf course and all of these things something might happen to totally ruin that why not just blow each day traveling <laughs> i mean you know, it's it, it, you don't know the future. Nope. And so making and we've lost count, a, we've lost a lot of friends to, to we, COVID. So uh, and the, the, and to the uh, opioid crisis, oh, we've yeah. lost a lot of 
people. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's uh, so. That while. just makes you realize that this is not a trial. Uh, you know, a uh, rehearsal. This is the real thing. So, uh, yeah. and there is a finite amount of days, and so enjoy them. Well said. Well said. Well, since you've been on the road, I mean, it sounds like a dream, right? It's it's you're on vacation every day, but uh, I mean, why? Why do it? What what have you learned? What have you learned by living this lifestyle for you know, the number of years that you have at this point? I don't think it's made us really any wiser. <laughs> no, I, I think it's made us realize how little joy we get from things. Well, that's true. Uh, we always we, kind of suspected that. But, but, but it, we spent our whole life trying to buy more things. Yeah, and, we did. And, and we had a lot of things, which is when we, we when we decided to uh, get rid of all these things, we found out no one wanted these things. Uh, our son didn't want these things. They were so fine. Uh, when we tried to sell them, people were saying those are old things. We want new things. So you know, we uh, all or of our art, all of our artwork we donated to museums, or or we just gave them away. Uh, yeah, and if they were good art, we yeah. don't museums wanted them. Um, our books, we had 3000 books. Um, we even had a, a, a first edition copy of To Kill a Mockingbird. We donated all of that, all 3000 to the Coronado Library, telling them that one book is worth more than all the other books we're giving you. So don't just give that, that one away. That was after I did the research on but, how to sell a first edition To Kill a Mockingbird. It yeah. is crazy. You can't yeah. believe what you have to go through yeah, and the people just, you have to hire and all of that. So just, just donate it. Let somebody else worry. We're, we're not into that anymore, you know. But I, but I think the, tr the lesson from traveling is, is that our assumption that when we got rid of stuff and focused more on experience, that that would be more joyful. And it's, yes. and it's, it's been true. Yes. Been and true. yes, we did sell our property, which was some pretty nice stuff in Coronado. Um, and, and yes, we're looking at property values now and going, holy smokes, if we had just hung on to that for a few more years, but then we think we would have missed these last six years, we would have missed these last six years, which is worth so much more than an extra, whatever, you know, however, you know, much it would have been because we wouldn't change it for anything. We were homeowners for 41 years. We were done. Yeah. Did and it? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. That was it. I think that was right. Yeah, we did. We were in, I guess, and we were DIYers. So it was that we always bought fixer uppers. We never bought a brand new, we couldn't, we never could afford to buy a house in the area we wanted to buy that was like brand new, you know, all the bells and whistles and, you know, no effort. Right. We, we put a lot of effort into all, all four of, yeah. four of our houses. Yeah. Well, when you first transitioned to this lifestyle, did it, was it difficult? Was it much of a transition or did it feel like a relief? It was a relief to me. It was a relief to, I don't know about you. It was, I mean, he, he was a little bit more, he felt he, because he's the mechanical guy that he had more responsibility toward the rig, I think. Well, you have responsibility in a house in a certain way on a, a trailer that's going down the road the statistics or the, 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 the way people talk about it is, is your trailer is experiencing a 4.5 Richter scale earthquake as it's going down the road. Well, so <laughs> many times we'll open the door and a drawer has busted open or a, 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 a hinge has broken or the mirror has slipped 
or the uh, uh, piping has sprung a leak. Yeah. Uh, or I mean, so something's happening all the time because you're abusing this thing as it's going down the road. So uh, I've exchanged fixing up a house to fixing up a very small trailer that is constantly being abused um, going down the road. There's always jobs to do. So there's always jobs to do. small. But so the adjustment in that respect wasn't much different. You got to keep fixing things. Yeah. Um, the biggest adjustment, I think, was not uh, working, you know, 60 hours a week. Right. I worked, I worked yeah. 60 hours a week. That was just what was uh, what we did. And uh, I remember the uh, the 22nd day of our uh, full time travel. I said, this is the longest I've ever been not working used to maybe take a three week vacation, maybe. Um, so at 22 days, that was the a big change that was, uh, uh, that we're not on vacation. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is our life. <laughs> that was quite, quite a big, uh, a big uh, jump for us. So it looks like you've adjusted well. <laughs> oh, I think we have, it's been good. Um, it's been a great experience so far. Well, I know we've gone a little more, um, a little over the time that I that I asked you for, but if I could just ask you um, two final quick questions, was which is one, you know, what's your advice for anybody who wants to do this? What have you learned in your time about how to just ease that process? And two, um, what's the the end game for you? I know you said you have at least three years to go, but what what do you see yourselves doing in the future? I think we would both yeah. say to the first question is, don't wait. Don't spend too much money too. Well, yeah. Oh, people uh, yeah. spend crazy money on these rigs. Right. I mean. But I, my, I, yeah. I agree with that, that, that yeah. don't spend more money than yeah. you really needed to. But I think more importantly for me is don't wait. You have no clue what your uh, uh, health is gonna be. And you can't really do this in poor health. Uh, you can't be away from your doctors if you need to be near your doctors. Well, we don't need to be we can do it once a year and just do a wellness check. Um, so uh, if I've met many people who have retired and within a, a short period of time, their health is so bad, th their dream of travel is gone. They waited too long. Now, of course, that's a financial decision also, and that has to all play into, uh, into play. Uh, we've been planning to retire early for 30 years. I've been putting 21% of my income in a 401k for almost 30 years. So we've been living on 80% less of our income to live cheaper now, but to be able to retire when we did. Um, so you have to plan. Um, uh, and I always tell Carmen is the plan is nothing, but planning yeah. is everything. Um, and He's the planner. That, that's that's one. That's another one of my mottos. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The plan always falls apart, you know. But the planning is important, and um, and by that, you know, I put money aside to do this early, and the stock market has gone down, and so the plan is shot. Then the stock market goes up, and you're back in shape. So it, it again, it, but you have to plan. And uh, unfortunately, if you haven't planned for this by the time you make it to our age, you're probably not going to be able to. Uh, uh, do this the way we're doing it, which is if something breaks, we get it fixed. Um, you know, uh, if we want uh, better batteries so we can go boondocking out in the middle of nowhere for two weeks without any electricity, we get some better batteries. Um, and we're just fortunate that we planned enough that we can do that. Well, I guess a question for you is, I know that you take meticulous notes on your website about your gear and your expenses about, you know, initial purchases aside, how much is it costing you annually to keep this up? 
Um, you know, that's we, a good question because everybody does it within a different budget. There, we know people who spend insane money uh, to do this. And I have a, a on our website, I have a page de uh, devoted to individual expenses. How much are we paying every month on propane average? How much are we paying on campgrounds? How much are we paying on gasoline and diesel, uh, laundry, um, uh, water filtering systems, uh, all the different things that we do, the repairs and stuff. So I, I think it's so different from for every person. I give them as an example of what we're doing, but um, you know, your groceries and your restaurants going to be the same traveling that you are from home. You either eat at home all the time or you eat all the time and you're probably not gonna change that much while you travel. Um, and what? how often do you dry camp in the middle of nowhere for free uh, will have a major impact on uh, what you're gonna pay for camping expenses. Um, so it really uh, is not a whole lot different than a bricks and mortar house um, other than, uh, you know, you're going down the road and you're going to probably spend a little bit more on gas. Um, it's very similar. In, in fact, a lot of people have these ideas about trailers living mobile. What is it? What is the community like? It's like it's just like a house community. This community we're in right now is um, very high end. This is this is where, you know, it, it would be like equivalent to like being, you know, in La Jolla living on the on the beach. You know, th that's how nice this campground is. And, uh, and it's on the expensive side and it's on the expensive side but there are many campgrounds that we go to where it's um the ones we really prefer is boondocking out in, in the open you know we like this and we like boondocking we're not crazy about the little in between some of the vintage campgrounds are are sweet and wonderful but mostly we just like boondocking or resorts but, and, we, and we say boondocking, we're talking about dry camping. There's no water supply. There's no electricity supply. There's no sewer. So that could be a national park with uh, right. huge camp spikes. Uh, you don't even see your neighbor or state campgrounds. Or uh, we're out in the middle of the desert BLM. of um, BLM land, uh, Bureau of Land Management land out uh, near Yuma, out in the desert uh, next to the Colorado River for free because no one owns that land except the state or the government. So uh, we big truck. Big truck. Oh. Um, so we, we kind of like those two extremes, and by doing one extreme cheaply, we can on occasion splurge to a place like this in Chula Vista. But you know, you, you the more you boondock, though, the more you're going to pay for the equipment you need to do that. So it's right. not cheap to boondock just because it's free to stay. You have to have solar panels on right. your roof. You have to have serious batteries. Uh, you have to have an inverter that converts DC battery to AC batteries so that you can run your uh, uh, microwave if you need to warm up your coffee or something. So but what we like about boondocking is it's more of a cross cut section of of the real world. You're You're going to be camping with people who are living in trailers who are it's their last resort before homelessness so you're going to be also camping with people who have half million dollar rigs and you're going to be camping with people who are mostly like us middle class americans who are a lot of them have given their house to their children because their children can't afford a house right now and so they've bought a trailer and they've driven off into the sunset and someday they'll go back and park that rig in their parents in their kids backyard and that's their end game 
there's a lot of people who are planning their end game into the mobile lifestyle into their end game uh, is a vital part of it, in fact, for a lot of people, because we look at our income and what we have, what we have at the bank, and we're saying to ourselves, well, sure, we could get it, we could go out and, and buy ourselves a house right now and, and, you know, live a conventional lifestyle. But the problem is, with that idea, too, is what are we going to do about um, long-term health care if we need it? Both of our mothers were in that situation. My mother uh, was mostly at home, but his mother was eight years, and, and she had VA benefits because her husband in the military. We don't have that, so it has to come out of, out of pocket. So we don't want to be in a situation where we have to sell our house at the last minute because something horrible has happened, you know, um, real estate's just too valuable to knee jerk like that. So we just prefer doing this. And um, I think we're going to do this until our health says no, until our health says no, that's, that would be it. And, and then, and then a little bit, then some, I, I mean, I'm learning the rig. I know everything about how to make you know, if something happened to him, I can hitch it, I can drive it, I can maintain it, you know, so a lot of women, in fact, there's a lot of uh, seminars out there now for women my age to, um, you, they, they take you away from your husband and the women teach you how to do everything, <laughs> you know, so it's just a, it's sort of a, a, a fun way to learn your own rig and how to live in it on your own for a week or so. Um, but, you know, it, we, we see this as, as probably a parentheses period till the very last thing. That's kind of how we're mm -hmm. looking at it now, but it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it sure gives you a motivation to take care of yourself. Thank you again to Jim and Carmen for sharing your amazing story with us. As always, if there's someone in, around, or from San Diego that you would like to learn more about, drop me a line. I'm at christy.totten at sduniontribune.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y dot T-O-T-T-E-N at sduniontribune.com. Thanks for listening.